And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back with another episode of the Startup Hustle. This is your host today, Matt Watson, and I'm very excited to be joined today by Alice Default. We're going to be talking about um, productivity and delegation and all the things that, you know, as founders and executives, we all struggle with. And her company, Double, um, can provide some solutions there. And I'm excited to learn from her and, and learn about what her company does. Um, I do want to take a second to remind everybody that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. Alice, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Really happy to be here. So I'm really excited to talk about this today because I feel like productivity and delegation and all these topics are always top of mind, not only for just myself, but also my employees. And I'm excited to talk all about that. But before we get there, I'd love to learn a little more about your background and, you know, how you come to start Double and learn more all about Double. Sure. So I... I've always been in the startup world um, and I worked for very early stage startups since I got out of college and in the productivity space. To be fair, I wasn't looking for companies in the productivity space, but it kind of happened. And then I, I, I was at a first company that was an email company and then move on to a calendar company, which was acquired by Microsoft. So went on to work for Outlook Mobile for a couple of years at Microsoft. And so basically spending a lot of time thinking about how people work, the tools they use, and where they spend their time. And so when we were at Microsoft with my co-founder, who was also part of this this sun, uh, company that got acquired, which, which was called Sunrise, something was frustrating for us, I think, building productivity apps is that we were building all those tools that were supposed to make email and calendar easier for everyone. But at the end of the day, we didn't feel productive. And the people around us didn't feel productive. And so we felt like something was missing in that equation that if you want to be more productive or if you want to focus on the right things, then yes, you need better tools, but it's not the full story, right? Um, and so we felt like there was another step that we could take to really help people focus on what they do best. Uh, and that's why we launched Double with this idea that delegation could play a really important role in helping you spend your time on the things that you are meant to do in your day-to-day. Um, and, and we wanted to, to make that very easy and flexible and accessible for more people. Well, and so you started Double in 2018, right? And so, but there are lots of companies that do virtual assistant kind of stuff, right? So I guess when when you started Double, how did you, how were you thinking about positioning yourself to be different than other, just like a random virtual assistant? Yeah, there were a couple of hypotheses that we had that were super important for us from the beginning. Um, and that for us, 
set us apart from other companies that existed on the market. The first one was that we wanted to be there for the long term with clients. So we are a part-time service, very flexible in the way we approach pricing and just engagement with clients. But from the beginning, we wanted people to think about delegation as a, a, a long-term thing versus, oh, I have this one project I need to delegate. I'm going to do yeah. that. And then I'm never going to talk to my assistant ever again. And so that first hypothesis that we had was that we, if you want delegation and having an assistant to have a real impact in your day-to-day, you need to have someone for a long period of time. Uh, so that was assumption number one. And so the way we do it at Double is that we matched we match our clients with a dedicated assistant. So they're always talking with the same person, building that relationship. And we encourage them to stay with us on the long, on the long term. Uh, and so we try to minimize people who are just here for one-off projects. The second assumption that we had was um, that we wanted people local and really high quality. So we were ready to pay a bit more for the people, but because we thought that delegation is based on trust. If you don't trust the person in front of you, you're not going to delegate things. And so we wanted to make sure that our clients felt like uh, they could trust their assistant, that their assistant would understand the cultural context they were in. And so we made the assumption that we would start uh, with assistants based here in the US to match with our US clients. And then the last assumption that we made was, and again, making us different from other options that were on the market at the time and and still today, was that um, we really wanted to push technology as a way to make delegation easier. And so, and that's coming from a very tech background, right? I've been been building productivity apps for a really long time. Um, But so we really uh, felt like there was a big gap in terms of technology and tools that we could provide both the executives and the assistants to better work together. And so a big part of what we do at Double today is building those tools to make that relationship just more seamless. That that sounds awesome, and I'm a I'm a huge fan of that. And I feel like, especially as an early stage company, like there's always these a lot of things you need to do, and it may not be that like oh I need a full time person to do this. It's like oh I need somebody to help do this marketing assistant thing or travel thing or whatever whatever the thing is, right? And it'd be nice just to have somebody to help, like but you don't necessarily need to hire a full time person or you don't want to hire a full time person, right? With the liability of that. And, um, you know, I think having kind of part-time resources or resources you can scale up and down, especially when you're an earlier stage company is really, really beneficial. Yeah. And and, I mean, for us, obviously it's the future of work and we see that because of the business that we're building. But even when you look at how people hire today and how they think about building their teams, and I think COVID obviously was a big uh, trigger for all this, but um, people are more comfortable working with part-time uh, uh, person or team members. They're more comfortable with remotes and they're more yeah. comfortable with the fact that their team is going to, as you say, size up and down based on their needs. And that flexibility for companies today is so important. Uh, and so making it easy for people to find really high quality team members with that flexibility for us was just like the best way to go. I would imagine that COVID and making remote work become more of a norm has been a huge benefit to your company. It was, um, to be honest, the, the first couple of months or first month of COVID was really tough, but I think that was yeah. the case for every single business out there uh, because people were cutting costs. And so one of the first thing they would cut was external services like yeah. Double. But actually a month in, 
people had also downsized their teams, but they still had the same amount of work. And so they were coming back to us and saying, well, actually, I need you guys more than ever because I don't have the means to hire someone full time, but I have all this work that I need to do. And I want to be able to rely on um, a service or a person that is going to be high quality, but also very flexible. And so COVID, I think for us, because of that was really great. And also because it's normalized working remotely. And so also had tons of people who had, who would have never thought of working with someone remotely before COVID coming to us and saying, well, yeah. actually, I'm by myself in my garage or, you know, my, my basement or like in my office right now um, working. So I don't care where my assistant is and if it, and, and if they're not in, in my office. So what are some of the best use cases for when somebody um, decides to look for a company like Double and hire Double? Like, what are the types of, of work they're trying to delegate? There's a few different things. Uh, and knowing that we do both work and personal tasks. So we're, we're really open to that, especially because we support a lot of the CEOs. And I mean, you, you talk with CEOs all day, so you know how this is. But work and life uh, task of CEOs is usually very inter- mingled so it's all all related um people come to us for a few things the the biggest thing would be just scheduling and calendar that's an issue that we still haven't been able to solve uh with all the tools that we have today but everyone needs help managing their time and and their meetings and so uh, we do get a lot of people coming to us for that the second big category of things is helping them manage communication, like email communication, internal communication, setting agenda for meetings, following up after things. Um, so just helping them be a, a better version of the CEO they want to be. Uh, and then we also do things that you could expect from an assistant, you know, travel booking, finding appointments for things, research projects, ordering stuff online. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that we can help with, um, for sure. Yeah, I mean, so, for example, for this podcast, I mean, we have an assistant, basically, right, that has to follow up with everybody and figure out when are they available and schedule it and email back and forth and communicate. And there's sometimes there's a lot of work like that that's hidden work that if if you're the one that's doing all of it, it's it's really taxing. And and you there are other we'll call it like other higher higher quality tasks you could be dedicating your time to, but instead you get sucked into all these things. And so for this podcast, we have a wonderful lady named Jessica who plans all of it. Thank you, Jessica. Um, that works full time for us, but she's great. Um, I, I, I must say she messaged yeah. me a couple of times and she's amazing for sure. But she's a good example of somebody that's like, I couldn't imagine doing all this work, like without having an assistant that, that did all of that. Um, and, you know, one day I was talking to somebody, I don't remember who it was, but, they told me something that really stuck with me as a, as a founder entrepreneur, you know, type person. They said, you know, most people get up every day and it makes sense to start your day with writing a list of like, these are the things I need to do today. But I said, even more important that isn't what you need to do is who's going to do it because it should not be your name next to all of these tasks. And I feel like as any kind of business executive manager, entrepreneur, founder, whatever, that's something we always struggle with is delegation. Yeah. And, you know, love to talk to you more about what you see from other founders that have that struggle. And uh, is there any cure for it? Because <laughs> I feel like, you know, some of us are control freaks and, and we don't want to give up certain control. And, and some of it's a company size thing, right? Like we started and I had my hands in all these things and how I don't want to give them up. And Yeah, so there's, it's definitely... 
So first, delegation is a skill. And that's something that I tell my clients a lot. It's You can become great at delegation overnight. Like everything, you have to learn how to do it in the best possible way. Uh, and so I know some clients will get frustrated because their first few weeks, they don't know what to delegate. They don't know how to delegate it. And it takes them kind of a, a, a few iterations before figuring it out. And that's completely normal. Like, especially as you said, when you're a CEO or a founder or a business owner and you have you want to control everything and you feel like you need to hustle. You feel like you need to have your hands in every single project. And so it can be really hard to let go of things. And as you said, like not be the name in front of every single task on your to-do list. Mm -hmm. So it is, there's definitely a learning curve and we see that with all of our clients. For me, it's like, do you know the Eisenhower matrix? You know, it's this matrix where you look at, what's urgent and what's not urgent and what's important and not important. And right. basically it says that you as a CEO should, or an executive actually should only do the um, urgent and importance and then important and not urgent, but everything else you should be able to delegate. So everything that's urgent and not important, you should be able to delegate. And so it's more about getting into the habit of identifying those tasks and knowing where are the tasks that you have specific value doing and what are the tasks where you don't have value. Like I'll give an example, but running payroll, for example, as a CEO, you feel like you need to do it. At the beginning, you're the person who's going to run those payroll like every two weeks or every month. Um, but eventually you doing it versus someone on your team, like the value is the same and the process is going to be the same. And so you have to find those recurring tasks that you do uh, on a weekly basis or a daily basis and figure out, do I have value in doing this? Or could someone do the same job or even a better job than me on these specific tasks. Well, and I feel like we, we also do this with members on our team, right? It's like, we may have five people on our team, but it's like, Oh, I always have Pat do this thing. And the other four people never do it. But now I, after doing this for a long time, I always have my mindset too. I'm like, well, what happens if Pat wins the lottery and he leaves tomorrow? Somebody else is going to figure it out. Like somebody will do this if it's not Pat. We will find a way, right? So let's just find a way now instead of assuming Pat has to be the one to do it, right? But it takes that mentality shift of people opening up of like, you know what? Somebody else can do this thing. Where, yeah. but, but I think we, as humans, we hate change and we want like, I'm the one who does it or Pat's the one who does it or whatever the thing is. And we struggle with like trust and trust, I think is the, the key word you used earlier is it comes down to trust. If we don't trust other people to do things, we won't let them do it. No, for sure. And for me, it's a, it's a question of habit. Exactly. It's like, can you get into this habit of every time you're doing something, thinking about should you do it or not? One tip I usually give my clients is, so when we started Double at the very beginning and we were looking at the data, we actually learned that 30% of executives' time today is spent on things that have a low value or could have been delegated. 30% is a massive amount of time. It's like, a day and a half. It's, you know, like saying that on Thursday afternoons, you stop working on important stuff. And for the rest of the week, you just do things yeah. that you shouldn't be doing. So that's like a significant portion of your week. Um, and so the way, one way to address that and that I, that we recommend that double to our clients is start putting stuff in your calendar where the, the first thing to understand productivity is to understand where you spend your time. And so um, start every time you do a task, put it in your, uh, in your calendar, obviously meetings are already there, but let's say you're, you know, 
working on contacting investors or planning the next quarter or doing your payroll. Just like put these tasks inside of your calendar. And at the end of the week, look at all those tasks, look at where you spent your time every single day. And for each thing, ask yourself, could someone else have done this for me? Like, did I, did I need to do this? Um, and that's usually very eye-opening for people who've never done this because it's also very easy to not track everything and feel like you're so busy every single day and you're just like rushing from one task to the other and you have so much to do. Um, and at the end of the week though, you finish and you're like, what did I do this week? I, I have no, no memory of where I had an impact. And when you start tracking this and kind of seeing it on your calendar, it makes a whole difference because you start seeing that actually what felt like it was the most important for you at the beginning of the week. So like, you know, planning Q1 strategy, actually you spend 45 minutes on it, but things that were not important or could have been delegated, you spent hours. Um, and that is, is for me that the, the first step basically is, is awareness about where your time, where your time is being spent. Well, and I feel like for a lot of people, especially once the company gets to a certain stage, it, it seems like they spend 60 to 80% of their time in meetings. And I feel like that's one of the other big problems with productivity is is just meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings. Is that is that something else you see a lot too? Yeah. And I think for meetings, for me, there's a couple of things like... Um, one, my team is fully remote, or, or most of us are fully remote. So meetings are crucial, right? To build the culture, to see faces in your day so that you're not by yourself, um, to work more effectively. But they're also a massive, uh, they can take a lot of time in your calendar. And so I think for me, the, the thing with meetings is, a couple of things is one, making sure that your meetings are well organized, that you're actually making the most out of every meeting. And that's not rocket science, right? But you have an agenda, you're following up on stuff, um, that you you get to what is really important in those meetings. Um, in a remote world, I think it's also important to have some meetings that are purely social, just yeah. to make those connections. Uh, because you also don't want to get into a mode where you're just like, you know, I want to be super effective, but then I'm not asking my team how they're doing. And then I think on a very personal level, and I am sure it applies to a lot of other founders, for me, it's also super important to plan days without meetings where I block my time completely. Um, and and it's just like, I look at my calendar and it makes me feel so good. Um, to be fair, I found it in the, the, the last few years, months, years, I found it hard to have one single day without meeting. But something, a rule that I have that I've, almost 100% of the time follow is my first two day, two hours of the day are with no meaning. So from nine to 11, I never schedule anything. My time is completely blocked, which means that I start my day with focus time and whatever, whatever happens for the rest of the day, I will have accomplished something important in those two hours, which makes the rest of my day feel just like better. Well, and I think it's so important to mention along that. So you, you mentioned that two hours, but if you had like a half an hour here and another half an hour between a meeting and another half an hour between meetings, I don't know about you, but I feel like during that half an hour between meetings, I just like check my email. I go get some coffee, go to the bathroom, say hi to my wife, whatever. I, I work from home and like just sort of pass time waiting for the next meeting. Right. It's hard to get deep into work besides just, you know, responding to a couple quick emails or a couple Slack messages. It's hard to get like into deep critical work. In that time, and I, I think 
that sort of a hack right there of like, hey, it's the same amount of time, but rearrange the schedule. So it's like I have two hours of like pure time. I can go focus on building my pitch deck or my forecast or whatever it is, because you can't just do that like 10 minutes at a time between meetings. It's just not really possible. Yeah. And we've I, I completely agree. I think it's about how you organize your meetings. And actually, my my double has been super great in helping. So my double assistant has is like manages my calendar so that I, I she groups all my meetings together so I can have actual work time. Uh, and one thing we've implemented at Double actually is a no meetings Monday. Okay. Which uh, the team loves because it's kind of the same thing as not working the first two hours of of the day is. Um, you know, whatever happened for the rest of the week, you'll know that you you had stuff done in those first, you know, th that first day. And that makes the, the, the whole difference in how you set yourself up for the rest of the week. Well, I do want to take a minute to remind everybody that finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the Fullscale platform to define your technical needs and then see what developers are available to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. So question for you. I So I think this is a great topic around productivity and delegation and, and all of these things. But for those that are listening, they're like, you know what? I really have this problem and I wish I was better at it. Do you have any suggestions on like where to start? Like is there a training, you know, or a book to read or... You know, what What kind of materials would, would you recommend to somebody that's like, I really need to fix this problem? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is, I think online there's this thing about productivity hacks, like this belief that there's one thing you could do that's going to change everything. And I think the first step is accepting that that's not true, that like everything, there's a learning curve. It's going to take time. It's going to take multiple iterations. And so kind of not getting depressed after the first try if you feel like that magic productivity hack that you found online is not working for you. Um, the second thing I would say is kind of going back to what I was saying earlier is if you want to be more productive, the first the first piece is like, where does your time go today? And so really understanding the things you spend time on and if you should be the person to spend time on these things. Very, very basic way to get started, but that is going to have a big impact. Um, on on how you want to do things and then the other thing and we were talking about it earlier as well the, the other thing i think that's super crucial for me is context switching is it's really hard mm -hmm. to feel like you've achieved stuff and that you're being as productive as you want to be or focusing on the right thing when you're constantly context switching and so that's what you you know when you have a meeting and then half an hour and then another meeting and half an hour and then um and so trying to put yourself in the zone and making sure that you have a few times during the week and maybe you can do four hours at once or a day at once, but even starting with like one hour or two hours where you're fully focused on the things that you truly want to achieve. And that means one, having the time two, turning off all your notifications. Um, and when I say I do that to other CEOs, they're like, wait, you're not on Slack. And I'm like, if everything is burning down, like people will find a way to contact me. Yeah. But nothing is going to break down if I'm just like two hours disconnected from Slack. And so I think also allowing yourself to take that step back and um, so that you can focus on important stuff versus, you know, being always pulled in on your phone and on Slack or on email, like turn off your email, uh, things like that. Like I check my emails once a day and that's already too much for me. I'm trying to like 
do it every other day. Um, but yeah, I think like being conscious about actively deciding what you want to focus on versus letting other people tell you where to spend your time, like letting your emails or your Slack messages kind of like organize your day. So th- those are great tips. And I like your tip earlier. You mentioned, so you, you suggest like going in and saying, okay, yesterday, like recording somewhere, what did I do yesterday afternoon? Like, how would you, how would you do that ex- actually? I do that on my calendar. So I'm, I'm. <laughs> you just go back in and backfill like empty time. So I, I do it in the other, in two ways. The first thing is in in the morning, I put blocks of time on my calendar of like, during this half hour I have between two meetings, yeah. this is what I want to spend it on. I love uh, that. I have two hours. This is what I want to spend it on. And I'm like look, look, comparing my to-do list for the week and the time I have and trying to like fill in my week with that. And so my calendar, when you look at it, is very scary because everything is booked like from 9 to 5 or 6 p.m. Like every single slot is booked, but some of them are meetings when most of it is just like focus work. And then as I'm going through my day, I adjust my calendar so that it matches like if I have to do something else I'll switch these events so it does ask for a tiny bit of like coordination and and you have to like manually update it but at the end of the week I can look at my calendar and I know what I've done and that makes a a really big difference for me in terms of like did I focus on the right things was I um, spending my time where I should have been spending it or on the other side, if I, I wasn't, what took up my time and how do I fix it? And how do I find better ways to do it next week? Well, and, I, and the one thing you mentioned there that I really like, and, and I don't do this enough, is just putting time on my own calendar for something I, I know I need to do to block time. It's like, hey, today from 4 to 5 p.m., I need to do payroll or whatever it is and blocking time. And so I'd know like, OK, I have to do this at 4 o'clock. And I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs also have some some amount of ADHD, I feel like a lot of us do. And the the problem is we get distracted, right? We think we're going to work on one thing and then we start checking our email. And next thing you know, we are get sidetracked with some other thing. And I think that's that calendaring thing can be a little bit of a hack too around that. It's like, no, I have to do this from four to five, forget all the rest of this crap. It'll wait. Like I have to do this four to five. Like if you get into that kind of rhythm, it may help us stay on task too. Yeah, and I think it forces you to be realistic, right? I think as founders, we're often too optimistic and I, I do it too, but I'll you know do my to-do list for the day and I'll put like 10 stuff on my list. Like my list for today literally has 10 to-do items, even though I've been working in productivity for years and I should know better. Um, but then I look at my list and then I actually start putting time slots on my calendar and I'm like, actually, I'm going to be able to work on three things today because just yeah. like when I look at the time that's available to me, and the, and the time I need to spend on each task, like just it's not going to fit. And so it forces you to be more realistic. And because of that, it forces you to prioritize, which is, you know, another trick of great productivity is just always, always prioritizing stuff. Um, well, and I, I think that's a great topic, too, is you have to force rank things to say, like, what are the three most important things I need to do? And everything else is basically the list of crap I'm not going to do. Right. Like, you know, people make all these spreadsheets or they use task management software like Jira or whatever, and they put all these items in there. It's always just the list of stuff you're not going to do, basically. And you just spend all your time managing the list of all the things you're not going to do. And I always feel like when you wake up every day, you always know what like the three most important things are. Like you don't forget about them and almost everything else like doesn't matter or you've got to delegate it to somebody else because you just can't put in the energy to do all of them. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, that was like, 
my one of my personal break, breakthroughs as a CEO uh, that happened pretty early in 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 this job was at one point I realized that I was never going to be able to do everything on my to-do list. Even if I had a week with no meetings and I just like did stuff one by one, there was always going to be new stuff that constantly got, mm -hmm. got added. And it's just like, there was no world where everything got done. And I think that's good. I actually think that you shouldn't be doing everything on your to-do list because sometimes you put stuff there that's you shouldn't be doing. Um, but I think understanding that, and as you said, just knowing that I'm just gonna do the top three things puts you in a different mindset because then you're like, okay, I'm only going to do three things. So I need to make sure that whether, whatever these three things are, they're the best things. Right. The best I'm use of my do. time. Yeah. And I'm delegate like, the rest of it back to, you know, all of our earlier conversation that comes to having, you know, other people on your team you can delegate to, or, or an assistant with somebody like double that you can delegate to. And just trying to figure out like where, where can we get more productivity? Because like, I just can't do all of these things. It's just, it's just not possible. Exactly. And I, the other thing that I, I, we believe a lot at Double is obviously we talk about productivity and, and it's great because you want to be more productive. But I think at the end of the day is why do you want to be more productive, right? Like it's not just, we're not machines where we're just trying to optimize everything that we do. And I think for us at Double, the reason why we're doing this and the reason why we want people to be more productive, we want people to delegate is because we want them to have more fulfilling lives. And I have this really strong belief that a CEO can have a really challenging job and like something that is motivating and makes them grow on a daily basis, but they can also have a fulfilling personal life. Like it, they don't have to pick one or the other. And I I think that also helps put a lot of stuff in perspective when you're like, I want to lead a high growth company and be super successful, but I also want to be home to take care of my kids. And I want to disconnect on the weekends because I want to spend time with my friends and families. And, um, and so I think when you also put productivity in context of why you're trying to be more productive um, and kind of like those bigger goals, it makes a big difference as well on how you approach your day and, um, and the tasks that you need to do. Yeah, I think that is a really great point is, you know, there's also higher value things we should be doing, like mentoring people, hiring people, trying to close big deals, you know, business development, whatever. But instead, we're spending our time doing all these things that we could have delegated to somebody else, and we just won't give them up. And, you know, along that with is the, the life balance, right? Like so many people spend so many hours working on things that necessarily aren't super high value tasks. Um, that they could have just waited till the next day even or just delegate to somebody else. And, you know, one thing you mentioned earlier that um, I think is also one of those nuggets that always stuck with me is there's a huge difference between being busy and being productive. Yeah. Right. And a lot of us fall into like, I'm busy and I feel good because like I'm I'm doing work, but I'm not necessarily being very productive. And I think that's something else that people should always keep in mind is there's a huge difference between like busy, like my, even just other employees, like, yeah, my employees are doing a lot of stuff, but are they achieving the goals that they need to achieve? Are we moving forward? Or are they just like running around like a hamster on a wheel over there? Right? Like there's a huge difference. Exactly. Um, no, for sure. I think one of the examples I love from, and we've had a lot of, lots of really great stories with our clients, obviously over the years, but one thing that I, one story that I love is we had this client who was working, he was actually a podcast host. So maybe you, you will relate, but he was just busy all the time, working weekends, working late at night. 
And when it started with Double, um, usually what we we ask clients what their goal is, like why they're coming to us. And he said, I want to be, I want to spend more time with my family. I feel like I'm missing out on on them big time. And so he told his double, his assistant, I want to have all my Wednesdays to spend with my family. And back then, when you looked at his calendar, he was in back-to-back meetings like every single day, all all day. Um, and we did it. It took a couple of months, but his double managed to have him systematically take his Wednesday off to spend with his kids. And I think for us, that's a massive achievement. And it's also, it's possible, right? He felt just as productive. He felt like he was achieving just as much, if not more, in this limited time that he had because he was organized in a better way. And I think that's, um, as you said, like he was just busy all week, mm-hmm. but was he productive? Maybe not. And then once you figure out how to be less busy, then there's tons of stuff you can do with that time that opens up for you. And that's the exciting part for us. So tell me a little more about Double. I mean, obviously you guys are based here in the U.S. and you have you have employees all over the United States, right? Yes, we're uh, so our our home office is in New York, uh, in Brooklyn, but okay. 95% of the team is uh, fully remote all over the U.S. Do you have any international employees at all? We have, so about 20% of our business is in France or revenue okay. comes from France. Uh, I'm French, and so historically we just had French clients. Uh, and so we have two employees in France, but then the other 34 people on the team are based here in the U.S. So what's it like having an international business in, in France? Like, do you have like a any weird things you have to deal with as far as like legal stuff and all those sort of things as an international business, or is it pretty seamless for you? We kept it simple for now. We, um, the company is incorporated in the U S and we don't have a, um, legal entity in France. So everything is managed from the U S but we just needed people who spoke French for our customer success roles or just like user facing roles. Uh, and so we hired a couple of, of people, actually, uh, people, uh, people that were, assistance with us um, that we hired into user-facing roles, um, but they worked as contractors for us full-time, full-time. Yeah, having an international business where you actually set up a corporation and have employees and do all that in another country is a whole different experience because at full scale, we have, you know, like 300 employees in the Philippines and all of that is, you know, a local entity with all of their local labor laws and taxes and all these things. And it's just fascinating, you know, all of that is, is interesting. So interesting to see as you guys uh, grow uh, around the world and and do that so so what what do you see as the the future for double it looks like you guys have raised some capital are you in in big time growth mode right now yeah so we raised a series a end of last year and for us the idea now is to keep growing um the as i said our our mission or or the big belief that we have is that you can have work-life balance mm-hmm. and you can have like a fulfilling, challenging work and a fulfilling life or personal life. And we see that for obviously our clients, but also for the assistants that we work with. Um, and our goal is to provide that to a lot more people. And so growing for us means that we are, you know, giving that to more people. We're starting with CEOs and, and startup owners today, just because they're a very easy target, right? There are people who have, the needs and feel the pain maybe more than a lot of people out there. Um, but that's, that's the, the idea. And, and the, the focus for us next year is going to be to start thinking about teams. So not just the CEO, but also the team below them that's supporting them and how do we um, help them delegate as well. 
So do you have customers where you could have like assistance for multiple people at the same company, like multiple executives and things like that? Yes, uh, we have quite a bit of customers and we're pushing that even more where, where we're going to support the entire exact team. So maybe the CEO will have their assistant or uh, like an in-house assistant or a double assistant, and then they'll have uh, an assistant for the entire exact team. And so the exact team will share that a shared assistant. assistant. Does that model work very well or does that create some interesting dynamics having a shared For us, it works really well. Again, going back to this idea of flexibility and mm. going back to the fact that most execs don't need a full-time assistance. Right. Uh, like you don't, I, I mean, I launched this company, so I know how to, like, I, I know this topic really well. I use my, my assistant works for me about 15 to 20 hours per week. And she does a ton of things for me. Uh, and for me, it's enough. So you don't always need like 40 hours of someone's time. And so actually a shared assistant works really well for exec teams because they'll only need, you know, a few hours, like five, 10 hours per week. Well, and, and with your guys' model, is is that kind of the minimum, like five hours a week and you have different tiers or how do you guys do that? Yeah, exactly. Our pricing works in packages of hours. So we do start at five hours, but then our most of our clients are between 20 and and, and 50 hours per month. Per month. Okay. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's five to 10 a week, yeah. basically. So. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And, you know, I think, honestly, it's going to matter a lot with kind of the the type of customer you're dealing with. Because, like, I, I have a friend that that's a business owner, and he is not technical at all. Like, he does, he, strugg- he, would, he struggles to do anything technical. And it's like, this guy would desperately need a virtual assistant or assistant to do, like, a lot of things, right? Yeah. Um, it's like, it, it would be an all-afternoon project for him to go figure out how to book a travel online or something, where it might take me, like, five minutes. I might, like, do it really fast, but... Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's going to vary a lot depending on the type of people you're working with is my point. Exactly. Uh, and that's why also we do, so we have a community of more than 200 assistants today at Double. Uh, so oh, wow. all based here in the U.S. And we do personalized matching. So when you come to mm-hmm. us as a potential client, we ask you your expectations, your tech skills, uh, how you like to work, and we'll find the assistant and we've, we've built tech t- tech around that matching process, but we'll find the best assistant to fit your needs, your personality, your expectations overall. Yeah, it's, it's, I imagine it's very different. Like I need help with marketing and writing HTML versus I need help with accounts receivable, QuickBooks, like very different things. And uh, yeah, I can definitely see you have like a very wide array of skills that um, across your staff. Yeah, for sure. Well, so as we we wrap up the call here today, um, I do want to say um, thank you for for being on the show and remind everybody that today's episode of the Startup Hustle was sponsored by FullScale.io. When you visit FullScale, all you have to all you need to do is answer a few questions, let the platform match you up with your fully vetted, highly experienced team of software engineers. At FullScale, we specialize in building long term teams that work only for you. Learn more at FullScale.io. Um, and big thank you for for being on the show today. Um, your guys' website is with double.com, right? Yes, that's it. And, you know, so as we end the show today, I wonder if you have any, um, final, you know, product productivity hacks or, or, or tips to, to share with it, with everybody. Uh, something that I haven't shared already. I would say, uh, don't forget to disconnect. I think also sometimes being productive is recharging like not doing anything and recharging and and we tend to forget that because again our to-do list is so long and we feel like we always need to be hustling 
but those times you take to disconnect, whether it's the weekend or at night or even during your day, that makes a huge impact. Uh, and so taking that time for yourself is super important. You know, I, I have to be honest, I enjoy disconnecting to do this podcast. I, I, I don't know why I enjoy the podcast and it's sort of, I don't want to call it like relaxing, but it's like, it's fun. Like it, it re-energizes me to go back to work too. So um, thank you so much for being on the show today. And um, I, I think what you guys offer is is great. And there's a lot of people that could get a lot of value out of it and um, provide a lot of good tips today. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. It was a, a pleasure. All right. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. Okay.